ago at the end of one of the services, Rick Allspaugh came up here and told everyone that we should smile more. And so then he told this joke that a few of you thought was funny. And after, you know, just a few laughter, he said, okay, well, then you can be challenged to tell me a joke, to which I know some of you have told him jokes since that point. And even at the Love Your Marriage event this last Friday night, he continued telling some of those somewhat funny, uh, you know, jokes. And so today, as we were talking, as I was thinking about this idea that we are following Jesus with our time, I searched out jokes about time. And so I'm going to read just a few of them that came up. Um, I am not promising that they are funny. All right, You can be the judge of that. Maybe there's one that's a gem that you're like, I can use that one somewhere. But I want you to hear some of these jokes about time. And so which animal always knows the time? It's a watchdog. Okay. Um, what do you call it when you put a clock under your desk? You're working overtime. Why did the girl sit on the clock? Because she wanted to be on time. Why should you stop to purchase a clock when you're running late? Well, that way you buy time. Why did the scientist put a wristwatch into the flask? Because he wanted a timely solution to his research problems. Uh, How do you, or how do clocks greet each other? They say, how are you doing? Okay, hour, how are you doing? Yeah. That is. Okay. Number seven. Uh, what is another name for a grandfather clock? An old timer. Okay. Number eight. There we go. Um, why do rich people buy a lot of clocks? Because time is money. All right. And some of you are like, yeah, those weren't funny at all. Some of you are like, that's right up my alley. That's good. Maybe here's, you're a pun person. So here's a few puns about time. Hands down. 6.30 is the best time on the clock. Some of you will get that later. All right, yeah. All right. Eating a clock is really time-consuming if you go for seconds. Number three, they are finally making a movie about clocks. It's about time. Number four, I once tried to make a belt out of clocks. It was a waste of time. Okay. I held up my wall clock to the mirror it was time for reflection. Number six, if you see a billboard with a picture of a wall clock on it, it's the sign of the times. Number seven is, I got fired from the watchmaking factory even after all those extra hours I put in. That was kind of cute. Here's the last one, and some of you are celebrating because we're almost done. (laughs) Light. Light travels faster than sound. Turns out that's why some people appear bright until you hear them speak. (laughs) There we go. So maybe you found one that you like in there. (laughs) Here's the thing. As I thought about this topic about time and how we follow Jesus with it, a song from 1993 that DC Talk wrote entitled Time Is came to my mind. And I, I remember the words that just say time is ticking away. And it says tick, tick, ticking away. But I'd forgotten how the song starts. There are these quick phrases that have to do with time. And so like it says, it's too short of a time period. Or I have lots of time. They say time waits for no man at all the time. Or wasted time, wasted time. Or wait a minute. Uh, this will just take a little, little time. Or time out. Like how, that's how this song starts. All this idea about time. And I don't know if you've ever really thought about time being something that we follow Jesus with. 
Like maybe you've said the phrase, well, I give Jesus my time by serving in the kids' ministry or helping to coach at Upward or teaching a class or being a greeter or even by helping with funeral meals or by praying. Like I give Jesus my time that way. Or I give him my time by coming to church or being part of that Bible study or that women's group. The truth is, the more that we choose to follow Jesus and we draw near to him, the more he transforms the way we use our time. One of the statements that I kept coming across this week was that time is more precious than anything because nothing we do can stop time and nothing we do can guarantee us more time. And the older we get, it seems like time speeds up and therefore we should listen to the great theologian named Kenny Chesney who once said, don't blink. And in that song, he says, life goes from naps to marriage to parenting to the end of the life on this earth just like that. And so if you and I, we want to live well until our time, um, using our time the way that we should, what exactly does that look like? Like what are the actions that we need to take to be able to live this way? Well, first off, we need to live with eternity in mind. Live with eternity in mind. The way in which we use our time is determined by what we really do think is important. And so if we don't think that we have much purpose for a specific day, we're not really likely to accomplish much in those moments. Or if we feel like our life doesn't have much meaning, we won't seek to achieve a whole lot. But when we realize that we are valuable, like there's a lot that we can accomplish in this day, we end up doing more. And it's not always tasks either. Sometimes that means I'm resting with a purpose. But again, what we give our time to shows what is important. And therefore, when we find Jesus and we become a Christian, a follower of him, from that point on, our value and our purpose are found in him. He is the one that we live for each and every day. But not only that, our viewpoint about time changes as well. Like we're not just living for the physical 24-hour days, or seven days a week or 52 weeks a year. We're living in the view of eternity. Like how you live matters for all time. Plus the actions that you fulfill might impact those around you forever as well. And so instead of simply trying to make it through the day, which to be honest, you're still going to have some of those. But as we have this viewpoint, as you follow Jesus with your time, you live in light of spiritual realities, of ministry opportunities, and great commission urges. That DC Talk song that I talked about earlier, it says these words, we've got a mission while we're on this earth. We need to tell people about our second birth. It says right now is the time that we got to get with it. The gift that he's given ain't just an exhibit says, but it's a tool that he's given us for his sake. But just as he's given, he can surely take. The signs of the times, they're dropping like flies. The cries of the people they around us, it implies that they're looking for an answer that we already know. But time is definitely on the go. And so living with eternity in mind is important because it guides our actions and our thoughts. Like we can ask God to help give us eyes, give us a heart for those who are around us. God, help us not to be frustrated with every interruption that comes as part of my day that I was not expecting. But instead, help me to see how I can use those for you. Help me to see how I can help people find Jesus 
in those moments. And even though a day may feel kind of mundane, or even like it's the same as every other day from that week, we can realize that there might be one moment in that day that God wants to use you to make a difference in someone else's life. And we don't know what small action can have a huge impact on someone. And even when those days, multiple days, kind of feel the same, we can also come to this understanding that each day is a gift from God. And each one is unique. Each one is different in some way than all the other days. We want to make sure that we are living for more than just the next few moments or the next weekend or the next vacation and so on. We are living our lives with eternity in mind. We desire to please Him in everything that we do. And when our view of time is right, we are more likely to make the right day-to-day decisions about how to use it. And so if we want to make the most of our time, we must have this right understanding of how much time we really have, which is eternity. However, with that being said, don't take time for granted. Don't take time for granted. Like, yes, as we follow Jesus, we're going to be able to live for eternity with so much more of it being in his physical presence in the new heaven and the new earth than our days here on this earth. But we need to make sure that the time we've been given on this earth is not taken for granted. In the book of Job, chapter 14, verse 5, it says, A person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months, and you have set limits that he cannot exceed. And in Psalm chapter 139, a passage that a lot of people have heard part of, it says this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me, were written in your book before one of them came to be. Like you and I, we will not live forever on this earth, which is actually a blessing because for all eternity, we don't have to live amongst sin and brokenness. And though we don't know when our last day on this earth is, the Bible shows that God does know that information. We're not going to be here forever, and therefore we should not take the time that we've been given for granted. You know, having the last 20 years been uh, someone who's been teaching uh, teenagers, like I've had a lot of different conversations where they don't use these exact words, but essentially they feel invincible, like nothing can take them down. That thought of death is something that, yeah, it'll happen, but it's like way down the road. Like the longer that I live on this earth, like my body tells me that I'm older and like I hear that that doesn't get any better. But like I realize, you know what? My time here is numbered. And yet, even with that, I still live with the expectation that I'm going to be here tomorrow. Like, I still think naturally that I'm going to be here next week or maybe in five years. And I know there's a possibility that I may die between now and then, or there's a very real possibility Jesus may come back at any moment. But because I haven't experienced that yet, like I really do live by that which I know, that which I have experienced. And maybe you're the same way. Or how often do we miss the joy of the moment because of just the anticipation of what's in the future or getting ready for the future? 
Like we must be reminded not to take the time that we have right now for granted. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 16 says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are here, or you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that as it is. You boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. I don't know if you really heard, but our life is but a mist. It's but a vapor. And again, as you look at that, that doesn't mean that our life is not important, but it just means that we shouldn't take our time for granted here because our life is given so many days. And so how will we use it? Which actually leads us right into this next idea, okay? If we're trying to live the way we should, don't waste time, but use your time well. The time that each of us has been given, we need to use it well. I want you to think about if you had a bank that credited you um, to your account every single morning, $86,000, that carried no balance over to the next day, it allowed you to keep no cash in your account, and everything was canceled at the end of that day, whatever you chose not to use, what would you do? Well, naturally, you would draw every cent out of that account that you could, and you'd use it to your advantage or someone else's advantage. And so I want you to think about time this way. Every morning, it credits you with 86,400 seconds. And every night, it rules off as lost whatever you failed to invest in good purposes. And it carries over no balance. It allows no overdrafts. Each day, it opens a new account with you. And if you fail to use the day's deposits, the loss is yours. There's no going back, and there's no drawing against tomorrow. Time. It is a gift that God gives to us. And I wonder, how often do you feel like you don't have enough time? Like hearing that number 86,400, maybe it sounds big, but you're like, yeah, but in the midst of the day, it does not feel like enough. And sometimes we wish that we could stop time to get a few more things accomplished, but we can't. And I must have been in a song mood this week as another song came to my mind. Um, it's actually from the group called New Song, and it talks about just life in my day is what the title is. And it says that my cell phone's ringing and I'm running late. It says morning traffic's got me and time is ticking away. A few more hours is all that I need. And it seems like there's just not enough days in the week. So sometimes I guess I get lost in the race. I'm trying to make a deadline just to keep up the pace. I can't help but feeling that I'm always behind. So much that I could do if I could just find the time. And then the chorus says, but then it hits me. Like time is not the answer. You have given me all the time in the world. All I need is a little more life in my day. And the truth of that song is that each of us has been given the same 24 hours in a day to live. We don't actually need more time, but we need to have a better use of our time. And that starts with making sure that God is in it. 
I remember when I was younger and I was just starting in ministry, I struggled to do my own personal devotion, personal time with God and do ministry at the same time. And it was my choice. But I would, I would easily rationalize that, you know what, I'm preparing lessons using God's Word for students here, and so I can study that while I'm doing this. And there's some truth to that. But I really didn't take time to ask God, what is it that you want to teach me as I was studying? So anything that I learned really was just head knowledge. And it wasn't this life transformation. And after a few years, I'm like, no, I need to make this a goal that I spend time with him before I jump in to everything else. And I'll tell you, there's still moments that it can be tough today. I mean, there are emails on my computer that are just sitting there waiting that I know when I get into the office that need answered. There are meetings that I know that sometimes I still have to prepare for. There are sermons to be written or decisions to be made. People that I know I'm going to be having meetings with and others that are just stopping by. And yet, can I tell you, this fact that I have learned, the days that I spend time with God first are always the ones that I accomplish more. Just always. And from a logical standpoint, by adding something else into my schedule, it shouldn't help me to accomplish all these other things. However, when you add the correct things into your life, it really does. And so when you make sure that you spend time with God, He injects real life into your day, which then helps you as you live each moment. But God still expects you to use the time that He's given you well. And someone said, be wise in the use of time. The question of life is not how much time do we have. The question is, what shall we do with it? Or another person said, short as life is, we make it still shorter by the careless waste of time. And so how much time in your life would you consider to be wasted? Like those moments that you realize you were on your phone playing games or scrolling through social media or watching YouTube for hours instead of just minutes like you'd planned. Or even time that's meant to be vegging out or relaxing. When you're done, you don't really feel refreshed whatsoever. I heard someone tell me something very beneficial a few years ago when it comes to watching television to watch a show, not watch TV. Because if you just sit there and start clicking to the next channel, next channel, then all of a sudden you've spent a lot of time there and really accomplished nothing. And at the end you're like, that really wasn't worth it. There is a time to take a break from the rush of life, to recuperate, to be by yourself. There are times that you don't need to have every moment planned, to which some of you non-planners are like, yes, thank you, okay? But there's also times that we do need to plan and have a purpose to our time. What are we going to try to accomplish today? Who are we going to invest in? How are we going to serve? What intentional time does my family get? See, God wants us not to waste the time that we've been given, but to use it well. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 8 say, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander. No overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and it gathers its food at harvest. And so we should save. We should work. We should plan. We should prepare for the future. Even though we aren't promised tomorrow, it would be foolish not to be ready to live it. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 say, Be very careful then. That's how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. 
making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Like we need to live carefully, deciding what is the best use of our time and who should we be spending it with. If we don't, it can be very easy to get off track and make poor decisions. And here's something that maybe some of you need to hear this morning, that you will not rightly steward your time well until you learn to say no. Until you learn to say no. Like oftentimes we want to say yes because we genuinely want to help someone, but sometimes we want want to people please or we don't want to disappoint someone. But realize that when you say yes to something, you are always saying no to something else. And so when you say yes to more time at work, you're saying no to spending that time with your family. Or when you say yes to fixing up the house, you're saying no to relaxing moments. Or when you say yes to going on a date with your spouse, you're saying no to doing any household chores at that moment. And just like that, some of you are going to start planning a date with your spouse so you don't have to do any more chores. Here's the thing. Every time that you say yes to something, in that moment, you're saying no to something else and even good things. And so decide, what is it that takes priority in your life? You know, look at your schedule and see if there's something that's making it all out of balance. Maybe you're saying yes to something too often. Or is there wasted time? Are there unwise activities? Is there no time being spent with God? You know what, sometimes we can even fill ourselves with so many good activities or even so many activities that revolve around our kids that our life is not in balance. And it is okay to say no sometimes. In your life, you will never find time for anything. If you want to find time, you actually have to make it. You must make time. It is a decision that you actively set out to do. And thinking about time, the important use of it, and the desire that God has for us not to waste it, I want to remind you that when you use it well, God will use you to impact other people. I think about the events from the book of Esther, when Esther was made queen, the Jewish people, they were going to be executed because of a law that the king's right-hand man had tricked the king into signing, and Esther was a Jew, and her cousin Mordecai told her that you need to do something about this. She was scared to go before the king because anyone who approached him uninvited could be put to death. But in their conversation, Mordecai told her, that maybe you were made queen for such a time as this. And there may be situations that God has placed you in and only you to make a difference. No one else has the same connections that you do. No one else has the same personalities and abilities. No one else has the same life experience. And so in that exact moment, God chooses you. So let's all do our best not to waste that occasion. Let's live wisely, wanting to impact people for eternity. Let's use those for such a time as this moment to give him the glory he deserves. And as you do, I promise you will feel more life in your day. And so as we live hopefully using our time well, the last truth that I want you guys to hear this morning is we need to be ready for Jesus' return. We need to be ready for his return. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 3 say, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly. 
as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. And Mark chapter 13 says, But about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. Some of Jesus' parables were told with the message to be living your life ready for that moment, that day that Jesus returns, because we don't know when it's going to be. What does it mean to be ready? Romans 5, 6 says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. See, Jesus' death and his resurrection are what, what allows us the opportunity to be saved. And when we choose to believe that his death paid the price for all of our sins, and we choose to serve and follow him with the rest of our lives, that purpose that we talked about earlier in the sermon, it begins. And our faith drives what decisions we make each day. And then, on the day that Jesus returns, however soon that is, that day is not going to be scary. Instead, it will be a celebration. That's what it means to be ready. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 speaks of Jesus' return, saying, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Like we're told one day Jesus will return. It's going to happen, but it, God's heart is for people to come and know him and be in a relationship with him. And so he holds out so that a few more might have this chance, this opportunity to know him. But make no mistake, when Jesus returns, time will have run out. For people to make that choice. And if you are someone who you are thinking about placing your faith in Christ, can I strongly encourage you, don't put it off thinking that you've got next week, you've got next year, because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And if there is something that's stopping you, this barrier that is there going, I just don't know about this, could I plead with you to have a conversation with someone so that that barrier isn't what keeps you away from him. Like you and I, we don't come to church every week just to check off a to-do list or to make ourselves feel good or simply even to learn something about God. We come because we know that what we do here affects all of eternity. And we want to make the most of our lives, the time that we have been given. And so we draw close to him each week and we let him transform us. And so today, if today is the day that you want to place your faith in Christ for the very first time, or if you have questions that you want to talk to somebody about, or you want someone to pray for you just as we've been talking about these things, like I encourage you to make your way to one of these decision points or to connect with Sam online as we're going to be singing this next song. And for the rest of us, offer up this prayer to God. God, will you help me to live with eternity in mind? Not just the physical 24 hours, you know, seven days a week kind of thing. God, will you help me not to take this time for granted that sometimes I do? Or maybe it's, God, will you help me not to waste my time, but to use it well? God, help me to be ready for the day of your return. As we do this, we will feel a fulfillment that so many people 
are searching for. So we're going to sing to the one who continually calls us to himself. If you have a decision to make, make your way to the decision point. The rest of us, let's stand as we sing.